Hey, everyone. It's Russ, and welcome to another episode of Women's Retirement Radio. Uh, today, I am excited to have a friend and colleague on, uh, Matt Regan, who is the president of Wealthcare Capital Management, which is my parent firm. So, Matt, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Russ. Appreciate, uh, appreciate the invite. Yeah, so you and I have had the opportunity to get to know each other the last few years, but uh, for our listeners, why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. Um, I was uh, I joined Wealthcare about uh, oh man, it's gonna be three years in August. Um, I had worked uh, as the chief operating officer uh, for a um, two billion dollar RIA down in Philadelphia called Westcott Financial, um, and I was presented the opportunity to take a look at Wealthcare, which is a really interesting and, and different company with some uh, exciting technology. And I think a real good solution for advisors like, like you, Russ, and, and, and like the other, you know, 150 plus advisors that we serve, you know, my background is um, I, I'm not an advisor. I've never was an advisor or had a, a client or a book of business. Um, I've always been on the operations and technology side of financial uh, services. Uh, I began work at, at a clearing firm and, um, I then ran a broker dealer, uh, uh, which was uh, one of the one of the industry's first kind of online investment banks. I ran that for about thirteen years, um, and then I uh, I did some consulting, some independent consulting before I joined Westcott. Um, so you know that's that's kind of where I come from. I have you know a great deal of respect and admiration for the advisors that we serve because it's it's something that I never. Uh, I never had the guts or the uh, or, or the initiative to do, which was to start my own advisory firm. So um, I'm I'm really glad to be uh, at Wealthcare and and really glad to you know to get to know advisors like you. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And if I'm not mistaken, you you actually have a background in education. Is that right? Yeah, I actually my uh, I was raised in a family of educators. My mom was a, a school librarian, and my dad was a, um, a college professor for. Uh, for about 55 years. Uh, so, um, you know, my background was, you know, I, I got a master's degree in, in history from the University of Toronto uh, and then went right into teaching myself. I taught three years of uh, uh, high school at a school that serviced kids with learning disabilities. So uh, really different, you know, world teaching special ed and, and, and kind of getting to know that part of it. Um, but I was presented with an opportunity uh, because the money was so awful in in, in the private school that I taught, um, and I had recently been married, I was presented the opportunity to kind of start at the bottom uh, at a clearing firm called BHC Securities in Philadelphia, and that's uh, that's when I switched over to financial services. Do you uh, j- just with kind of that background in mind? Do you think that your, I guess, education and actually a few years of work as an educator um, has carried over or informed or helped you in your roles in the financial services industry? Um, I'm sure it has. The, the way I think about it uh, is, um, you know, I was young and and lucky enough to be put right into the classroom setting without a lot of training and, and without a lot of background. I didn't, have, I didn't student teach. I, you know, I had a master's degree. I got a teaching certificate. Um, but then I was kind of thrown right into the classroom, which, you know, happens only in private independent schools, not in a public school. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I learned in, in my, my short career as a teacher was that um, I, I didn't have all the answers. You know, I, I, I didn't know, you know, the answer to every question. I didn't know whether what I was doing was correct. And I, and I kind of carried that through my career. 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm the leader of the company in the sense that, you know, I've got the, you know, the office that says president outside, but um, I'm, you know, quite aware that uh, the people that work for me, the advisors that we serve, you know, have much more experience uh, in this, in this world than I do. And, and I'm, you know, somebody that uh, is, is quite willing to, uh, to defer to, to, you know, somebody else's expertise. And I think I picked that up, you know, in, in my, in my teaching career. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I always find it interesting to kind of get an understanding of kind of where people came from and how that's influenced or, you know, ways into kind of where they're at today. So um, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, yeah, what, what Matt, can, can you share something maybe that you consider interesting about yourself that maybe most of your friends wouldn't be aware of? <laughs> um, Put you on the spot. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, one of the things that uh, I think that people find interesting about me is that, uh, you know, when, when it comes to, um, you know, wh- where I grew up and, and what I did, you know, was, was that I did go away to Canada to college. Um, you know, you know I, I, I live outside of Philadelphia. I was born and raised here. Uh, but when I graduated high school, I was, you know, uh, in, in, in my mind that I really wanted to go away for an adventure. So um, I, I went to the University of Toronto, St. Michael's College, the University of Toronto, and lived four years up there. Um, which is really the biggest adventure of my life. I, I then scampered back to uh, the Philadelphia suburbs and I've been here ever since and raised my family here. Um, but, but that's, you know, that's one of the, the things that not everybody knows about me. Interesting. Any, any particular, uh, this is a few years back now, but any particular reason why you settled on Toronto over like another adventure to use your words? Yeah, we, we did, I did have connect, my, we, we did know people in Toronto, so it wasn't a complete, you know, I, we, my mother's friend lived up there. So there was somebody that we knew. Um, I just loved it. I mean, I'm, I'm a, still a huge, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs fan. I was, uh, you know, I, I love the city. I try to get back there as often as I can. It's actually, I canceled a trip during COVID last year because the borders are, are still aren't open up there. Um, they've had a really tough time with the, uh, you know, with, with the pandemic, but, uh, um, I, I just love the place. I love the city and, and I love my, my four years up there. Yeah. So we kind of established a little bit of a background and you, you've shared a little bit about what you do and, and you basically run, you know, a, a pretty large and growing financial advisory firm. Um, I guess, you know, since our audience is uh, mostly consumers and, you know, it, it's kind of geared toward retirement planning around women, could you maybe talk a little bit about what you do from the perspective of our listeners out there that might be working with a financial advisor or might uh, be interested in working with a financial advisor. So kind of, kind of couch it maybe in terms that might speak to a uh, a consumer as opposed to another advisor. Yeah. Well, you know, wealthcare is a, is a, is a different kind of advisory firm. Um, You know, when I describe what we do, I think I describe it in terms of, you know, what you do as an advisor, Russ, what, what all of our advisors do is, you know, you guys are business people running independent practices. Um, you deal with clients on a day-to-day basis. You provide them holistic, um, you know, uh, wealth management services, which includes financial planning and investment management. You know, you're, you're a trusted advisor and guide for your clients. Wealthcare kind of runs in the background there. Um, we we have a platform and, and, a, and a piece of technology um, and an investment solution that the advisors that we serve take advantage of. Well, why? Why, why would they do that? Why wouldn't they do it themselves? Well, 
I think, you know, if you think about it in terms of time, um, the highest and best use of the advisor's time that we serve is to spend time with the clients to help them to be, you know, meeting with them to be, uh, you know, growing their own practice, maybe getting referrals from clients, um, you know, working with clients on an ongoing basis. The, the, the least important thing that an advisor can do is to spend time opening accounts, billing, uh, trading, uh, doing compliance, uh, you know, or even even running the investment portfolio. That I think, in in many ways, has become you know something that advisors are very comfortable outsourcing. So we provide those services so that the advisor can spend his time, uh, you know, with the most valuable part of his business, which is the clients. Um, you know, and and you know what we if I think about it in terms of you know the revenue generating activity uh, in an advisor's business is is client facing. We handle kind of all the non revenue generating business. So, you know, going back to your question, what do I do day to day? What I what I try to do is is listen to our advisors and provide them the the technology and and the and the operations and the services that they need um, to to you know deliver their incredibly valuable service. So kind of using that as, as a backdrop, um, what would you say that you and or the firm, uh, what's the biggest challenge that you help people address or solve? And, and I guess it might be helpful to um, get your perspective on that from um, h- how do maybe how do your advisors help um, their clients? Uh, what, what's the biggest challenge maybe that you help the end clients address or solve? Well, yeah. So I think the, you know, the thing that we do really well and, 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 the, and the, you know, the, the, the delivery of the comfort zone uh, and, and wealth care as a service, what I call it, um, we have a very unique um, wealth management delivery system um, that's unlike really anything else in the industry. Um, and you know that's kind of the basis of our company. It's it's a technology that's that's based upon goals based financial planning and a goals connected investment portfolio. Um, where I think it's you know important, unique, exciting, and and really you know powerful is that it really answers the you know the one question that all clients have on their mind is you know, am I going to make it? Am I going to have, you know, you know, what I need to live the life that I want and the retirement that I want? Um, and we've got a very sophisticated piece of technology as well as a, a, a very motivated and, and, you know, incredibly talented group of people that help to deliver this wealth care as a service, you know, through the advisor. So, you know, when I think about what my biggest challenge is, um, is we've added a lot of advisors in the last few years um, that, um, really, you know, are, are just getting, you know, their, their feet wet with this, with, you know, the comfort zone, wealth care as a service, goals-based planning. Um, one of the things that we need to do better here is to help them understand the power of wealth care as a service, understand, you know, the power of the comfort zone and how it transforms the advisor-client relationship in a really, really, you know, important way. Um, so I've been kind of working with my team to do a better job of delivering that message to our advisors. And is there uh, in your work with both advisors and, and maybe hearing some of the their successes with their clients? Is there a is there a like a favorite success story that comes to mind for you? Yeah, I you know, 
we, we have so many advisors that, you know, that, you know, far predate my involvement with the firm. They're kind of the, you know, the, the group of true believers. And I would put you in that category, Russ, um, that really understand the comfort zone and really understand, you know, why it's so transformative to the, to the advisor client relationship. Um, but the stories that I love, um, you know, when I came into this with no background in financial planning, no background in, in kind of goals based planning in particular, um, the stories that I love um, are the ones that kind of center around the fact that, you know, clients are shown that they're taking too much sacrifice in their one life. You know, if your comfort zone score is over 90%, you know, if you have a 95% of likelihood of achieving all of the goals in your plan through the, you know, through the best and worst markets in history, you know, which is calculated through a simulation engine, um, then you're, you're, you're taking too much, um, you know, you're taking too much, uh, uh, you know, sacrifice uh, in, or, in, 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 your, in your lifetime. And the, the, the stories I love are when advisors tell me that they sit down with a client and they say, hey, you know, you're at 95%, uh, you know, uh, you have a 95% comfort zone score. You know, it's time to buy that boat that you've been talking about, or it's time to take that trip, or it's time to take less risk in the marketplace. Um, those are the really powerful stories because I don't think that the traditional advisor thinks in those terms. The traditional advisor, you know, in many ways tries to inflict as much pain and sacrifice on his clients or her clients as they possibly can. Whereas our advisors who use the comfort zone, you know, effectively, uh, you know, actually put in, put their clients in a scenario where they're living their best life. Would you say that's really the kind of the crux? I mean, you spoke earlier um, about how you, you know, you think, well, you don't think you, you, you stated earlier that, you know, wealth care and how we do things is different than anything else you've ever seen in the industry. And you've, and you've been around for a while is what you just explained as far as like really focusing on helping clients, you know, make the most of their life and, you know, optimize their opportunities to do the things that are important to them or important to the people that they care about. Would you say that's kind of really the crux or the heart of what kind of makes us unique in the, uh, in the financial advice space? Absolutely. I think it's, I think it's something that, you know, first of all, I don't think clients come into the relationship with their advisors thinking that that's even a possibility, right? That, that the advisor is going to say to them, Hey, we're all good here. You know, uh, we, we can make some changes to make your life better right now. Um, I'm not sure that too many clients go into the, the advisor client relationship with that, even in the back of their mind as a possibility. Number one, number two, you know, We've done, you know, kind of the heavy lifting on the math, on the simulation engine, on the Monte Carlo projections, on the historical returns in the marketplace, so that we are very confident um, that through, you know, thousands of scenarios in the marketplace, um, that we can deliver something that we, you know, we put a stake in the ground and say, you're going to be good, you're going to be okay. We've 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 got the, uh, you know, we've got, you know, the the ability to assure. clients and their advisors um, that we're providing, you know, really, really good, powerful advice that's going to make their lives better right now. And I think that's unique. I think that's our special sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I clearly am, I guess maybe we're both a little biased, but I, uh, I, I agree. And I think that's a, I think it's a well, a well said um, way to approach it. So, so yeah, thanks for that. What you've been doing this for a while, Matt. Um, 
both at Wealthcare and, and your previous expense uh, experience with Westcott and, and elsewhere in the industry. What surprised you most about your work and, and maybe more specifically about your work with financial advisors and indirectly with their clients? Well, you know, first, first and foremost, I didn't even have a, a, a true appreciation, you know, of the momentum towards independence that was going on in, in, in the marketplace. I was relatively new to the RIA world, the fee-only RIA world. When I joined Westcott, I had come from more of the broker-dealer, wirehouse, investment bank, Wall Street world. Um, and when I got to Westcott, it was a you know very much a traditional straight-ahead uh, you know RIA firm that had employee advisors, um, and and you know the clients belonged to the firm. Great business, and and you know you know delivered tremendous service, but there was this whole world out there that I didn't even know about. And that was, you know, essentially that people were, you know, leaving the wirehouses and droves, leaving the insurance broker dealer and droves, getting rid of their broker dealer licenses, going fee only and starting businesses. Um, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a trend in the industry that Wealthcare is, is right in the middle of trying to help advisors to, to successfully do that transition, but I didn't even know it existed. Um, so that was kind of the first eye opener for me. Um, and then when it comes to, you know, when it comes to, you know, how our advisors work with clients, um, I'm actually, you know, incredibly encouraged by how willing advisors are to give up, you know, the, give up the reins when they join us. Um, you know, you're an old timer, Russ, you, you've been around here for a while. You, you've, you've gone all in on, on the wealth care way and, and wealth care as a service, um, the comfort zone. Um, but I'm always incredibly encouraged by how advisors come in um, and we have some excellent, you know, recruiters uh, like Russ Reinhardt who explain the value of wealth care to these advisors. But they kind of, you know, innately know that they shouldn't be, you know, trying to beat the market with with investments. I mean, you know, I've said it a million times, you know, Jack Bogle at Vanguard, you know, got seven trillion dollars proving to people they can't beat the market. So uh, it's it's I think it's really, you know, it's surprising to me that these advisors, when they do join um, and we say to them, stop doing that, <laughs> you know, stop doing, you know, trading, stop doing compliance, you know, stop doing investing, um, that they are you know, ready to embrace an outsource solution. Yeah. What I've um, one of the things that I've I've learned in my you know years kind of focused on serving women and their families is that you know um, their children are important to them. Clearly, mm-hmm. um, your children are important to you. I think that's not you know going to be surprising to anyone. So, kind of with that in mind, let, let's say that a high school senior or maybe a college student approached you, Matt, and said, mm-hmm. "Hey, you know, I've." I know a little bit about, you know, the financial advice industry. Um, It seems interesting, interesting to me. I'd I'd like to learn more about, you know, what's involved or or maybe pursuing a career uh, in in financial advice uh, or the financial industry, not not necessarily as an advisor. Mm -hmm. Um, What advice or or guidance would you give to to maybe a a younger person in that situation? Well, I I can tell you, Russ, I've given it, um, you know, a number of times. and, And I really do think you know, for a number of reasons, um, that it's, it's an opportunity that, you know, uh, that college students and, and, you know, recent college, college graduates should pursue. And I'll, I'll tell you what I say is that, look, the, the financial planning, uh, you know, uh, industry, the financial planning, you know, world is just emerging as a specialty in the college ranks. You know, you go to schools like, you know, Texas tech and temple here in Philadelphia, 
Um, you know, these schools have built financial planning majors. Uh, Virginia Tech's another one. We, you know, we've 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 got some uh, advisors down there in in, in Blacksburg um, that are all Virginia Tech grads. You know, that that program is emerging and relatively new. Um, it's an incredible, you know, it's an incredible curriculum um, that really prepares, you know, the the right people for. Uh, you know, for to, to kind of land right in the industry. Um, number one, number two, um, you know, when you talk about, you know, the, the career path, um, you know, and particularly for female graduates of financial planning programs, it's 100% employment. <laughs> um, you know, when you walk out of college with that degree, you have job offers in hand. Um, and, and it's also, you know, incredibly, you know, high employment rate for, for males in the industry. Um, this is a gray industry. You know, you and I are young fellows, Russ, compared to the rest of this industry here. But this is a very gray industry. Um, and it's a problem in this industry for a number of reasons. Number one is, um, you know, you have you don't have enough young advisors in, in the industry. Um, number two, the older advisors don't have succession plans in place, which is a whole other conversation that we talk about quite a bit here at Wealthcare. Um, but, you know, because of the opportunity in the industry, I, I think it's I think it's incredible, an incredible you know thing for, for college kids to think about and, and focus on. Um, but the other piece of it is it's so different than, you know, w- the other, you know, business degrees that are out there. Um, I mean, where where else, you know, in college can you focus on, you know, how to be empathetic, um, you know, how to deliver, you know, real life changing advice um, and at the same time, learn the discipline of planning and and all of the things that go into that capstone and and you know the CFP exam. Um, it, it, it's a really, really um, you know kind of robust and well rounded curriculum. Um, and I and I do think you know you know it's 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 a it's a great great way for you know the next generation to get into our industry. And to kind of. Uh underline what you just stated about the the graying of the financial advisor um, ranks. I, I haven't seen the stat in a while. You, you may know what it is, Matt, but I, I saw it a few years ago. I think it said the average age of the active uh, of active financial advisors was 65 plus or something like yeah, that. It's, it's, it's close to that. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so yeah, I, uh, uh, I appreciate that perspective um, uh, both as both as a parent, um, but but also um, as you know, bringing your um, experience both in education uh, as well as in the financial services industry. So I, I think that's uh, I think I think you bring a pretty neat uh, view uh, into that. Yeah, I mean that's a that. that's a scary number if you think that the average age of the of advisors yeah. in your industry is over sixty. Um, you know that tells you right there we've got work to do to get more people into the industry because there's a whole generation it never stops. There's a whole generation of emerging wealth that's out there, um, and there's a whole generation of, of next gen clients that are now you know creeping into their high earning years um, that need to be served. I mean they they need they need the help that you and, and the other advisors provide because it's, it's critically important to, you know, we have a retirement crisis in this country. We all know that. I mean, not enough people have enough money to retire comfortably. Um, and we haven't solved for that, you know, and the, and the, the crisis has only gotten worse. Um, so we need to help people in this industry and we need to get people, you know, you know, you know, literate uh, in, in financial services. I think one of the things that, you know, you, you know, so great that, that you kind of focused on, uh, on women 
um, is the reality is, is that, you know, women are at a disadvantage for a number of reasons in this, you know, as far as wealth management concern, not the least of which is, you know, they've not been involved in, in, you know, kind of the financial wellness discussions all the way along, you know, in, in their married lives. Um, so when it comes time, you know, for, for, you know, women to be on their own, um, they're already a step behind where they should be with regards to financial literacy, what's going on with their, you know, what's going on with their estate, what's going, you know, what they need, what they have. Um, so I, I think it's awesome that, uh, you know, that you've chosen that as an area to focus on. Yeah, well, thanks. And, um, and I, you could not have set up a better segue into my next question. So, um, uh, you know, clearly the name of this podcast is Women's Retirement Radio. And, and as you just alluded to, that's that's the, the primary focus of my work and the clients that I serve. So, Matt, when you think of the word retirement, um, what comes to mind for you personally? Well, I mean, to me, it's all about security, right? I mean, it's, it, it's about, you know, there there's a great unknown out there. Um, and, and that unknown, you know, is is more acute for women than it is for men. Um, and and that, that unknown is longe- longevity, right? Um, and, and, you know, I think you know, the, 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 the cold statistics are is that, you know, you know, women are going to live much longer than men. And that's, that's, you know, an ongoing, an ongoing, you know, fact. Um, so really, to me, retirement is all about, you know, planning for that unknown, which is longevity. You know, I'm actually going through an issue right now with my in-laws, um, where, you know, they haven't done a lot of the, the work to, to plan for their own well-being in retirement. It's not, it's not so much a money thing um, as it is where they are physically, you know, who's going to take care of them, where they're going to be as their health continues to kind of fail a little bit. Um, and, you know, it, it really kind of rings the bell with me that, re- you know, retirement is something you need to plan for in all different phases. You know, where are you going to be physically? You know, who's going to be around you? What are you going to need? Um, and then when it comes to finances, are you going to have enough so you're not a burden on somebody else? I mean, that that to me is is kind of my, my, my you know, impressions of, of retirement, if you will. Yeah, and I, it's that's uh, you said a couple of things that uh come up regularly in my conversations with with clients and, and other people that I'm introduced to. Um, and, and it's the idea of wanting to um, wanting to be prepared and make sure that that a they're going to be OK. But um, it's really important. Um, maybe 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 a top priority for a lot of the women I talk to. They don't they don't want to be a burden on their children or their family. Um, yeah. and, and so but on the other side of that um, coin is something you alluded to earlier, which is equally as important, which is. Um, I, I don't think that I don't think anyone wants to be so well prepared for tomorrow, uh, whether that's five years or fifty years from today, that they're they're sacrificing or or making decisions today that make them um, not necessarily make them miserable, but maybe they're not doing everything they can today to enjoy their financial resources along the way. So I think it's really striking a, a balance between being well prepared for an uncertain future, uncertain both in terms of economy, markets, tax legislation, longevity. Um, but, but at the same time, making sure that you're, you know, enjoying your financial resources and uh, enjoying your time with your family, your friends, your children, your ability to travel along the way. I mean, would you, would you say that's a fair characterization from where you sit? Yeah. And I, and I think that's the, you know, that's the best case scenario, right? Is that, is that there are choices that you can make to kind of, 
you know, increase the, you know, you know, the, the enjoyment that you have in the present day, you know, that isn't going to hurt you on the other end. Um, but I, I, I'm a warrior by nature and, and, you know, probably a lot of financial planners are too. I'm not a planner, but, you know, uh, my, 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 you know, concern is when it comes to women in particular that, you know, there are, there are structural impediments, you know, to, uh, you know, that, that world where, you know, many women can't, won't be a burden, right? I mean, we have a, you know, a, a horrible wage gap in this country that, you know, n- you know, nobody seems to want to address. Um, you know, women don't make as much as men and, you know, are doing the exact same thing. I mean, that's just a fact, right? Across, across the economy. Um, so that's, that's already starting in the hole. And then when you come to a, a divorce scenario, I mean, the fact that women's incomes, you know, decrease so dramatically in a divorce situation as a, as, as compared to men in a divorce situation, you know, those are two structural impediments. That, that really, you know, concern me when it comes to planning for retirement for women. Um, so I, I love the fact that, you know, our, our approach allows advisors, you know, to, you know, provide, you know, not only the comfort that the comfort zone, you know, you know, score that gives people confidence. Um, but I also, I also think that there's, there's things that we need to address as a society, you know, that, that, that are kind of stacked against women to begin with. Well, and and you so you've already kind of touched on the the longevity issue, and and you just now spoke of kind of the wage gap, um, which is only exacerbated in a divorce situation. But um, what do you think is the biggest challenge that, and, and maybe it's one of those, but what do you think the biggest challenge women face when they're planning for their own retirements? Well, I think it's that it's that combination. If I if I if I could you know kind of not answer your question, I'd, I'd put kind of those four things together. It's it's not being involved in the household finances, you know, throughout, you know, their, their lifetimes. That's, that's, that's a, that's a problem. The longevity issue is, is huge because, you know, the, the bottom line is, is that, you know, um, you know, that, that's an uncertainty. Uh, there's a certainty in the uncertainty and that's that women live longer than men. Um, the wage gap and, you know, the, the issue of, of, you know, how that affects a divorce situation. If you put those four things together, you know, I think that's the challenge that advisors like you, you know, have to help women address. And from your position in, you know, running a financial advisory firm, a unique financial advisory firm with, you know, um, I think, what do we have over 150 advisors now that have, uh, you know, various and different affiliations with the firm. And then all of their probably thousands of clients, if you add them all up, Mm -hmm. um, how would you say that your work and the work that you do as it trickles down to the advisors and ultimately to their clients, how does that impact women and their families as they're planning for a transition into retirement or into, uh, into you know, kind of the next chapter of their life, which, which might not necessarily be sitting around and not doing anything. They might continue to work or they might volunteer, but what would you say the impact uh, of your work um, and the advisor's work um, impacts women specifically around retirement? 
Well, I mean, first and foremost, having a financial plan, right? I mean, you know, sometimes we're, we get a little wrapped up in our own work and we think, you know, hey, we have this version of financial planning and, um, you know, and, and it's different than maybe a cash flow financial planning. And, you know, there are certain benefits to the goals-based approach. And, you know, remember, that's, that's way inside baseball for what's going on out there. Um, the idea you know, the, the idea that pe- everybody's in a financial plan is, is just inaccurate. I mean, um, you know, we have a small, you know, uh, a small portion of, of the population even works with an advisor. Um, so the, the work that we do, you know, hopefully is supporting, you know, you know, some, you know, increase in the number of people that are even in plans or working for, with advisors, because, you know, the, the, the biggest issue in, in, is when it comes to financial wellness in this country is, you know, number one, you know, we don't pay, you know, middle class and lower class workers enough. Number two, uh, we don't have financial literacy and planning support across the population. So, you know, hopefully we're addressing some of that. Um, and then, you know, with regards to, um, you know, kind of the specific, delivery of the comfort zone. You know, we had touched upon this before, but, you know, the idea that we can give assurance uh, and wise counsel when it comes to uh, planning for retirement and, and, and planning for, you know, a fulfilling present life as well as a fulfilling retirement life and kind of lifting that burden on the heirs. Um, hopefully the, you know, the, the work that we do to support advisors is kind of addressing that, you know, ac- across the board. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thank you for that perspective. I, um, I, I think I think there are uh, no shortage of challenges um, for for women specifically, but people in general. And um, you know, I know I know you and, and wealthcare and and our, our colleagues are are out there fighting uh, fighting a good fight. But it's not a it's not a fight or a battle that's going away tomorrow. So right. Um, so as we kind of start to wrap up the conversation, Matt, um, you're you're a busy guy. You're running a, a growing company. Um, you've got a family. Um, but when you've got an hour or two to yourself, um, and, and that might be rare, but let's say you've got an hour or two to yourself, how do you most enjoy spending your time when, you, when you've got a little time to yourself? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a really bad golfer, but I love to get out on the golf course and play golf. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's weird. I, if you asked me that a couple of years ago, uh, you know, my great joy would have been uh, sitting on the sidelines watching my kids play sports. But now they're, you know, they've gotten older and they're starting their professional careers. Um, so I'm finding more time for myself to, um, you know, kind of, you know, get some work done around the house and, and you know, God forbid, even read a novel, you know, here and there. Um, and that's kind of new for me because, you know, uh, my kids are 25, 22 and, uh, uh, you know, 20. So, um, they, they're kind of in that transition, in, in that transition phase. Um, and it's, it's become a transition phase for me as well. What's a, uh, what's a book you've read recently that, uh, that really, you know, stuck out in your mind as being something good or that you'd recommend to others? Oh, I just read a great book by, uh, an author named Colton Whitehead and it's called Sag Harbor. Uh, it's a story of, um, uh, you know, the African-American, uh, New Yorkers, uh, back in the '60s and the '70s, uh, and 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 you know their community out on Long Island, their their summer community for uh, you know, and it, and it's a you know kind of a coming of age story, uh, which I really liked. So I, I would recommend that to anybody. Oh, great! Well, uh, thanks for that. We'll include that in the uh, in the show notes um, awesome. for this episode. So, um, if there were 
we've covered a lot, uh, Matt, and this has been a great conversation. So, th- so thanks again for joining us. Um, if there were one thing that our listeners could take away from our conversation today, what would you want that one thing to be? Well, I, let, let's keep it, let's keep it real, you know, on topic. I mean, I think the bottom line is, is if you're not working with an advisor, um, I, I, I encourage you to, to find an advisor to work with. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, the, again, there, there's a retirement crisis in this country. Um, and, and the only way we're going to address it is by increasing financial literacy and, and having advisors, you know, help clients through, you know, what is a really, really difficult and challenging, you know, problem, which is, you know, how, how do I organize my, my affairs, my assets, what I have, my goals? How do I organize that into something, you know, that I can call a plan, a roadmap? Um, you know, and, and point myself in the direction so that I'm not, you know, lying awake at night with my eyes wide open. Um, so, you know, I would just say, let's, you know, let, let's keep it right there and say, um, you know, find somebody and talk to somebody uh, about what the plan is to get you, you know, the, the life that you deserve. Yeah, well said. I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and to be clear, this is not a, this is not a, 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 a subtle pitch for, people listening to reach out to me because frankly, um, I'm not going to be the best advisor for everybody out there listening to this, but I do think there's a lot of value in finding, talking to several advisors and finding one that you, you know, like and trust and that, you know, you, you feel like you can, you know, work with for hopefully many, many years to, to come to, to kind of take some of the anxiety and worry, uh, around your money, uh, off your shoulders. Um, Matt, what's, uh, let, let's say somebody's listening to this, uh, and, and, and maybe, Maybe a consumer, maybe an advisor, but let's say they, you know, they want to learn more uh, about mm-hmm. you or about wealth care. What's uh, what's the best way for people to to get in touch or to to find resources where they can learn more about the work that that you're doing? So our website is wealthcaregdx.com. That's GDX for the goals driven experience. Um, and if you know, there's all sorts of information on our advisors, the comfort zone. Our, our unique approach to the delivery of wealth care as a service, all, all of that's on there. And there's also, you know, quite a bit of um, kind of curated content um, that consumers or advisors might be interested there. So I would encourage people to go to our website and, and, and kind of poke around and, and, and find out what we're all about. And, you know, if there's anybody that wants to reach out and, and call me directly, my, my phone number is right on there. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Matt. And we'll be sure to include that, uh, Website link and uh, other details in the show notes, along with uh, along with the book recommendations. So uh, appreciate uh, appreciate all that. Um, any final thoughts? Anything else you want to add before we uh, before we call it a, a day? No, I, I appreciate uh, you having me on, and obviously we appreciate you as an advisor and advocate for the firm. So thank you for that, and uh, and I wish you all the best with the podcast and uh, and your continued success in business. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Uh, and, and thanks, everyone out there for listening. Uh, again, this is Russ with uh, Women's Retirement Radio, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you on the next episode. It's Russ again. And before you go, I want to provide a brief disclosure. You should consult a financial advisor familiar with the specific circumstances of your unique financial situation before making any financial decisions. Nothing in this broadcast constitutes a solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities. Any mentioned rates of return are historical or hypothetical in nature and are not a guarantee of future returns. I'm a financial advisor and an investment advisor representative of Wealthcare Capital Management, LLC, 
an SEC registered investment advisor based in Richmond, Virginia. The views discussed in this podcast are my own and may not be consistent with or represent those of wealth care capital management.